I am about to publish eight really fun interviews that I did while I was at the Florida Healthcare Association Convention in Orlando 2023. I interviewed Scott Barobi, Mickey Meir, Brittany Tyler, Zachariah, legendary Jennifer Swain, Liz Boyer, Julie Morris, Christina Devlin. These are kind of more fast, off the cuff, lots of questions, dive into their life. Every once in a while, I'll try and throw a surprise question. You'll hear me get emotional. You'll hear me laugh a lot. You'll even hear one of these guests sing karaoke. You'll hear some great quotes about legacy and long-term care babies or unique roles and even quotes like, you got to download this brain for long-term care. The passion in this group is evident, but the fun in the interviews, I hope you hear that as well. I hope you enjoyed this different style of interview that I did down in Florida. Thank you for listening. This episode was brought to you by Experience.Care, the long-term care EHR backed by guarantees. Visit experience.care forward slash guarantee to get your free profitability consultation today. Hello, and welcome back to LTC Heroes Live by Experience Care. My name is Peter Murphy Lewis. I'm at the Florida Healthcare Association Convention in Orlando for the first time. We are day one, and I'm excited because I am interviewing Mickey Meir. She is the Regional Vice President of Operations at Clear Choice Healthcare. Mickey, welcome to the program. Thank you, Peter. It's great to be here. Mickey, before we hit record or we hit live, you were telling me a little bit about your background. And I want to start there because I have a special place in my heart for social workers because that was my first job out of college. Tell me about how a social worker ended up long-term care and has dedicated her professional career to this industry. Awesome. So when I was at UF for my master's degree in sociology with an emphasis in gerontology, I really felt like I wanted to do research and potentially move on on the academic side with being a professor. I had the opportunity through undergrad and grad school to work in skilled nursing, congregate living, CCRC. And I just felt the passion for providing care and services to the residents. So when I got my degree in sociology, it made sense to move to a social service director position. From there, I don't think things really stopped. I always wanted to learn more and do more. So that opened up opportunities for me in the administrator and training program and to become an administrator. Maybe you haven't had this point yet. At what point did you realize you were a lifer? At what time you realized you want to be in long-term care for maybe the rest of your life. I may have realized it even before I went to grad school and college because as a young person, my mom was a nurse in long-term care. She was an RN in a nursing home for a long time. And so I kind of grew up in nursing homes. I don't know that I realized it then that I was a caregiver by heart and for life. But after going through bachelor's degree and then my master's and ending up in a long-term care facility, kind of by chance, I realized to make a difference in one person's life, whether that was a resident, a staff member, a visitor, a vendor, it brought my heart joy. So that became my journey. And so to circle back, I think the question is when I stepped foot through those doors as a social service director, I knew I found my niche. I just didn't realize how big that would become and the impact I could have. I always like to tell young people that they should look at long-term care because it's a beautiful place where you can climb the ladder from a career point of view. And you did that. So I want you to walk me through the different jobs that you've had, titles you've had, size of organization. But from an intangible point of view, because that's what I'm interested in, what's one thing you learned about yourself in each position that makes you better at where you are today? 
Well, it's a great question. So let me just think about that from the perspective of when I first moved into what I would consider a caregiver role, which really was in a non-corporate or privately owned entity. It was really taking care of my grandmother who needed post-surgical care in her apartment. So when I was 12, on the heels of my sister doing it ahead of me, she was older than me, but my grandmother had bilateral amputations of her lower extremities. So she was an amazing woman and could still really kick some butt with her artificial limbs, but she had help. So became a caregiver then. But moving through healthcare and long-term care, I would say that the reckoning for me really became about the difference you could make in one person's life, but at the same time in a majority of people's lives. So when you walk into a skilled nursing facility and you can make a difference to one patient, at the same time, I could make a difference to 15 staff members. I could make a difference to five family members. So for me, it really moving again from a social service director to an AIT administrator in training to then to a nursing home administrator, and then moving on through the regional and corporate ranks, I always kept in mind that at no point in my day were my actions any less important as a regional support person or corporate support person than when I was a social service director. And I've always been motivated by making a difference. And again, a little difference, a big difference. The point is to be a positive part of someone's life. And so this profession, which I don't think a lot of young people even understand, is an amazing, not only personal rewarding, professionally and financially, it's a great profession and opportunity to really spread your wings and make a difference in people's lives. I want to stay on that point for a moment because I like to use LTC Heroes podcast as a platform to attract young people to come into this industry. And we don't always do a great job of explaining the intangibles. And a lot of times people don't talk about the tangibles. You talked about both right there. Mickey, if I were a 15 or 16 year old neighbor, I live three houses down from you. I see you go to work. I don't really understand what you do. I know what healthcare is. I have no idea what long-term care is. And I come over and say, hey, you know, like I have a the summer, I don't know what I want to do. I'm not sure I want to go to college. Mickey, what do you do and why should I consider working there? How would you pitch it to me? That's a great way to phrase it. So I think I would pitch it as a 15-year-old. I would probably start with tell me about a passion that you might have because in long-term care, you can have a multitude of passions and be an operator. You could have a passion for culinary, dietary. I love to cook or I love to serve. You could have a passion for AC, electrical. You could have a trade passion and you're going to use that knowledge base in long-term care. You could have a passion for hands-on care. I want to make people happy. I want to care for them. So you could be a nurse, you could be a social worker, you can be an activity director, you could have a passion for finance and money, because in our business, we also have to bill and provide services for Medicare insurance. So what I think I would say to a 15 year old, if you're uncertain, the best place to start to get an idea of all the different things and the journey life could take you is start in long-term care because you are going to get an opportunity to do a little bit of all those things and sometimes a lot of all those things all at once. And for someone who's really motivated and excited and passionate, I'm a learner. I like to learn every day. I know a lot about a lot of things and a little about some of the things I should know more about. But it's an opportunity for someone who's really motivated to find a path. And it's really not only financially rewarding, but quite honestly, it's emotionally rewarding. 
love it. As you were going through those items, I started to think out loud, how would I do the pitch? Because I've never asked myself that. I think what I would add on or tag on to yours and feel free to improve my words or so forth. I think I would also add, if you're 15 years old, you're not going to be sitting on a seat inside of long-term care. And one of the things, you know, we complain a lot about Gen Zs or millennials, but one thing that I learned so much about them is if they're not doing something that has a purpose, they don't want to work. Well, you're going to be doing something that has a purpose. Mm -hmm. And you're going to know, like if you volunteered for one weekend, just thinking about becoming a CNA, if you volunteered on a Saturday and a Sunday, on Sunday, you're going to go home and you're going to realize that there's probably five to 15 people that you touch their life and you could see it in their eyes. And there aren't a lot of jobs in 48 hours. You're going to be able to say that. Okay, confession time. Yes, I host the LTC Heroes podcast, and hopefully you know that by now, but I can't take all the credit. Jason Long, the CEO of Experience Care, told me two years ago that when we started this show, that this new audio platform had to create value for everyone, whether you're a client of Experience Care, EHR, or not. Then he encouraged me to become a CNA to really help LTC Heroes resonate with caregivers and leaders. And between you and me, he really knew what he was talking about. LTC Heroes has been invited to almost 10 conventions in 2022 to finally shine a light on what leaders like you have been doing for decades. It's that sort of knowledge of the industry that really makes me appreciate Experience Care, which has developed a customizable and intuitive EHR that makes clinical financial and billing processes more efficient and accurate. It transforms workflows into something that makes sense so you can focus on what really matters, caring for your residents. The software is used by ALFs, SNFs, CCRCs, big and small facilities alike. Countless users have reached out and shared with me that it really is effective in helping them improve outcomes. I can honestly say that I know my grandparents would be proud to learn that I work at a place like at Experience Care. And I just wanted to take the time to thank Experience Care for sponsoring this podcast. Check out their latest products at www.experience.care. Absolutely. And volunteering for four hours, you will be exposed and have the opportunity to hold the hand of maybe the first woman on Wall Street. Maybe you're going to have an opportunity to talk to the first African-American male soldier in the military. Maybe you're going to have the chance to speak to the first Native American who entered politics. I mean, the joy of what we do every day is we're surrounded by people that have history and stories and a passion that if you just ask and spend five minutes, I've met so many incredible people that when you look at someone, we tend to have preconceived notions. But when you sit and talk with someone, it's amazing to me the stories of what people have accomplished and done. And it's just so rewarding. So you may have said four hours or eight hours. Honestly, in our setting, it could take 10 minutes and you can find a story that just brings you to tears or makes you laugh uncontrollably. But ultimately, it always tends to end in a hug and a thank you for enriching my life for sharing a story. Mickey, I have a big challenge for you. We're going to move from what anyone watching the last five minutes would be like, oh, you know, Mickey's passionate about this. There's some beautiful, emotional, rewarding work in long-term care. Let's move over to something that might be scary to a 15-year-old and seem really dull. And I know you're going to make it come to life. Operations. (laughs) Why do you love operations and how do you translate the same passion into what you do there? 
I can't even believe, Peter, that you would say operations is dull because I think, and for me, operations is the opportunity to have every hour, every day be different than the last, although you're pulling on your experience. I go through days where in all these years in long-term care, I still have new things happen. I still have new problems. I still have new wins, new experiences, really wonderful things happen, but I feel like I learn something every day. If I'm open to it and I'm open to, oh, listen, that changed. I'm going to go find out for myself or I'm going to have someone educate me. No day in long-term care is the same. Yes, we're surrounded by great residents and staff, but there's always something new, something different, something exciting, in my opinion. As we start to wrap up, because we got a lot of background noise, my last question for you, Mickey, is... I don't want you to define your leadership style. I want you to tell me if I asked three of your closest peers and they had to choose one word to describe you, your work, how would they describe you? What would they agree upon? I would say supportive. I think we live in a very volatile professional world, especially in the last three years through COVID, through all the ups and downs and all the differences in regulation and financial reimbursement in labor shortage. I believe the people that would describe me and who are closest to me would say that she's supportive in listening to new ideas. She's supportive in pushing the objective and pushing primary quality care. She's supportive as a friend, not only a colleague, but Life is too short. You need to surround yourself with people that you care about, that you appreciate, that you respect. And so I would say supportive. I love it. It's the first time I've heard that word. I asked the question probably one in five interviews, and it's a good one. I lied to you. I have one more question, (laughs) and there's going to be awkward silence until you answer it honestly. Take off your humble hat and tell me something that you're very proud that you've done that you haven't shared with a lot of people in the last year, two years. And it can be as simple as I picked up Betty from her house last week when her car broke down and I didn't know if I was going to pull it off. My day was stressful and it means a lot to me or it could be something big. I hired Robert and he's the best CNA that I've seen in the last decade and he touches 80 residents every single week. So what do I feel most proud of in the last year or two? Well, I will say that I made a job change in the last year and a half, two years. And I think what I'm most proud of honestly is bringing an alternate vision or a different perspective, maybe not vision because the company I work for has an amazing vision, but it's about perspective. So I have an amazing administrator that I brought into a campus of ours who I believe making a difference at that community. Although the company I work for is amazing and they've always hired really great people. This individual at my Alliance community brings passion and heart and he's going to make a difference not only today, which he is doing and tomorrow, but two, three, four years down the road and his leadership and his excitement is only just going to grow the company. And I just think it's amazing when you are open to new perspectives and new ideas, it really allows us to spread our wings and really become successful. Thank you for so much for joining me on LTC Heroes, Mickey. I know why Kristen introduced you to me and why she wanted you on the program. Your passion and work in Florida is obvious and evident. And thank you so much for your time. Peter, thank you so much. I've enjoyed it. 
visit ltcheroes.com to join our Facebook group for nurses and our exclusive LinkedIn group for LTC owners. Visit ltcheroes.com for your exclusive access today. This episode was brought to you by Experience.Care, the long-term care EHR backed by guarantees. Visit experience.care forward slash guarantee to get your free profitability consultation today.